0: What's going on, guys? We have yet another fantastic AFC Championship Week 615 sessions for you on this Thursday. But if you are going to the AFC Championship game between the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Patrick Mahomes, all of these things ate an offense that ran out of fireworks because they scored so many touchdowns. It is going to be... A sight to see, to be sure. If you want to go to that game, the ticket prices are dropping at TennesseeTickets.com. We are even giving you $30 off your online order on AFC Championship game tickets with the promo code AFC30. AFC30 at TennesseeTickets.com. No hidden fees. They will take care of you You will save that money and you will be able to enjoy your time in Kansas City, frigid though it might be, and see the Tennessee Titans potentially go on what will be one of the most improbable, impossible, degree of difficulty Super Bowl runs that we have ever seen. We will talk about that over the course of the podcast today with Titans tight end Jonu Smith who had a fantastic touchdown catch in Baltimore against the Ravens to help propel them to this AFC championship game. Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, who has literally told the story in real time of the team that we see before us today. He puts it in good perspective for us. It's a good time to have Mike Keith on the podcast. And then Kevin Clark of The Ringer, one of the smartest people out here doing it in football coverage, all up on today's 615 Sessions. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast, A to Z Sports, A to ZSportsNashville.com. Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, host of the official Titans podcast, rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast, kind enough to give me some time on the show. My man, I appreciate you. Glad to do it. But you have gotten to experience a lot of football with over the course of your career with this team it has been uh, a a a series of peaks and valleys over the course of this season in itself that's kind of encapsulated what it's like to experience the Tennessee Titans what's been the biggest theme for you over the course of the season watching the way that they started at 2 and 4 and now find
1: themselves in the first AFC AFC title game in 17 years the consistency of Mike Vrabel and the consistency of John Robinson and what they've tried to do with the roster. Where they are at this moment is where they set out to be based on how they started building this thing really two years ago. And it, it's a staff that's about teaching, and they're constantly trying to improve. They have had guys who have elevated through the two years. You see a guy like Rashawn Evans, who's become a really good player. Harold Landry, who's become a really good player. Guys who were already here, like Daquan Jones, who have changed their game and become the type of player, uh, types of players that uh, that Mike Vrabel wanted him to be. Uh, Austin Johnson has done the exact same thing in the defensive line. And then you have guys like the Jarrell Casey's, and the Kevin Byards and people like that who have continued to play at a high level, even a higher level. And then, you know, the Ryan Tannehill story, and a lot of the newcomers who have just come in and found their way at different points. But the message has never been different. There's never been a panic. There's never been a a massive change in philosophy, there wasn't a bunch of yelling and screaming and and people falling apart. It's just been very consistent. And you felt like as you were watching it, this thing has a real shot to work. It's just time. Can you Can you get through all of that and then get into a window where you give yourself an opportunity? And it became pretty obvious when they got to eight and five that there was something – better going on. They lose the game to Houston, and it's a real strange game because of that 14-point swing on the Furkser play. And you were disappointed to lose it, but you said, well, you know, you still did some good things in that game. And then the New Orleans game, they lose in spite of the fact that they hold Derrick Henry, four other starters, and Darren Bates, their best special teams player, and so they really don't lose any momentum in that. Those weren't the losses to be upset with. No, no. I mean, it was, it was like, okay. You're, I mean, the Houston thing, you know, you're like, mm. the New Orleans thing, you walked out of there going, eh, because you knew the next one was big. And, you know, they've said the whole thing about the playoffs really started then. Well, they did. And they've just, they've played better. I've told people throughout the course of, of the past two weeks, that this club considers itself not the nine and seven team, but the team that went seven and three at the end of the regular season. they don't see themselves as a Cinderella surprise nine and seven team. They see themselves as the team that was really playing well the last ten games of the year so i th- I think the consistency of Rabel and Robinson. That's a long answer to your question, but I think that's what jumps out. Listen, brother, that's why I like having you on. You know how
0: to do this. It's the storytelling of it over the course of the season that makes it so special. And to be able to do it in real time, as you've done, I mean, Joe, Ro- Joe Rexroad wrote a great column for The Athletic about how, if they make it past Kansas City, mm-hmm. that this will be one of the most difficult and improbable runs to the Super Bowl in the history of football. And to for people like like us who try to keep a degree of objectivity, but still want to appreciate in real time just exactly the degree of difficulty of what they're doing. You've been doing that every step with them over the course of the season, and that's a perspective that few other people have.
1: Well, it's kind of weird because it's almost as if this season sort of encapsulates my 22 years with the ball club (laughs) because you've had really good and you've had really special moments and and extremely exciting plays. And then you've had really bad at certain moments, the Denver game, the the Carolina game. As mad as I've been in Denver watching a football game. Yeah, it was just a it was a bad performance. It was a bad I, one. I mean, it was a bad game. And you knew you lost to a team that wasn't very good. No. I mean, and they did a nice job with what they had this year in Denver, and I'm not meaning to knock them, and I think they're going to be good in the future. But it wasn't as dominating no. a 16-0 no. performance. And, no, and was... you're sitting there going, you, you. It's like the loss to Buffalo last year. You're going, come on, you know, this we're better than this. And so I've I've seen two and fourteen, and I've seen three and thirteen, and I've seen playoff teams, and I've and I've seen in between, and we had some in between as well. So it's almost like it's been a little bit of the previous twenty-one years all in one season, and it, it's been uh, one of the two or three most interesting years that I've spent with the team because you have seen those extremes, and you've seen the sort of you know middle of the road thing that we saw. You know, at different points, you thought, eh, "This is a eight and eight team, maybe." You know, and and now you're seeing a ball club that maybe truly is going from good to great. You and
0: know? NFL Films puts out the, the clip of when they were mic'd up in Week 10 against Kansas City. And you, for the first time, or at least from my perspective, because you know we're at the games, we're in the press box, but sure. it's a different feel, obviously the way that they tell the story, of what that was like in that moment, how galvanizing mm-hmm. that felt. You could hear Logan Ryan, as he was saying last week, the fans the city kind of woke up for them and that was the thing that they needed to stay alive and now to get past Kansas City would mean a trip to the Super Bowl there's those kind of storylines all throughout the, like the, the the season is soaked with them with from winter storm henry in new england on his birthday and then him having the performance that he's had it's just been one of the more unique unique seasons from top to bottom with everything that they've had I, I don't get the I don't have the the benefit of retrospect because I've only been down here four years. The, I I was here for the come up. I didn't see the very the very lowest of it, but I saw I've seen the way that it's kind of been built, and been really impressed with the job that they've done here. I've, I'm curious as to somebody who's seen all of it, how much different this this in particular
1: feels. It's been coming for a while, and you know the in. 2016, that 9-7 and seven was a surprise. In 2017, that team should have won the division, lost three games in December, and then had to fight their way into the playoffs. They were a better team than, than what their final record was, and then they go to Kansas City and win, and then go play New England, and they're outclassed in that game. New England's a better team. And so last year, you feel like they might take a step back because of the changes. The the thing that Amy Adams-Strunk did when she let Mike Malarkey go is she said at that moment, for us to take the next step, we've got to make a change here, even though I realize we may take a step back. And, you know, we had a, a couple of moments last year where we did take that step back, so to speak but then came on at the end only to get the quarterback hurt and you don't have him for the last game, which was a chance to get in the playoffs. And then this year, I said before the season that I felt like quarterback play would determine this team's year. I thought it was a better team. I thought they drafted well, but I thought it would come down to quarterback play. And the fact of the matter is, Marcus Mariota was not playing very well. He just wasn't. It's hard. I mean, it was hard for those of us that think the world of him and those who supported him all the way through and uh, had his back. And continue to. Oh, well, and had his back at every turn. It doesn't mean you love him any less as a person, but you can't ignore what's happening. And you can't ignore that you're not scoring. And, And that's what it comes down to. The defense can't stay out there forever. And then Ryan Tannehill has given this team much better quarterbacking play, 22 touchdowns and six interceptions, and uh, some of Marcus's running ability in Tannehill as well, and it changed it dramatically. And it's the biggest reason I think the Titans have a chance to win Sunday in Kansas City is Tannehill. And people will say, well, wait a minute, Derrick Henry is like, "Mm, true, but I, I think this is a quarterback who can go win you a ball game if they have to if they've got to throw it 30 times on Sunday, they'll be fine because they have the receivers and they have the quarterback that can get them the ball. The quarterback play changed everything so dramatically through the course of the season, and and that's a that's a huge step for this club because his quarterback play statistically and otherwise was the best we've seen since 2003. And the respect shown
0: to that level of quarterback play by Bill Belichick, who did – What I think when everybody was expecting Bill Belichick to take away the best thing that the Titans do, it was to stop Derrick Henry. Well, he did try to stop Derrick Henry, but he limited the explosive plays that they were able to make in the play-action passing game, which is Tannehill got them to that point on the back of play action on the efficiency and the level of quarterbacking that he was doing. You're absolutely correct, and it's been uh, it's been very exciting to watch, just as it will be exciting to see an AFC championship
1: game in Kansas City. Well, the thing to remember, though, is they have still gotten important passing plays in the two games. The two completions to Ferks are one for a touchdown and, and one on a third down. Uh, so big in that ball game. And then they threw the ball well in the first half of the Baltimore game. They were able to score two touchdowns in the passing game. And then once they broke the 66-yard run in the third quarter and then went ahead and took the 21-6 to lead and then got the fumble immediately back and scored again, they didn't have to throw anymore. Right. And so that's misleading because they were able to do some effective things in the passing game in the first half. If this game works out right, the stat to watch is how many carries Derrick Henry gets. That's the stat. It's not how many yards. If if he carries, because I think the yards with him take care of themselves, if you can get him to 25 carries, I think there's a pretty good chance you've won the ball game. It's a fascinating thing to see, the way that they've made this run. It's been really fun to
0: watch, and I'm sure it's been a – been a lot of fun to be a part of every step of the way.
1: It's been incredibly gratifying because the further you go, the more you appreciate just the opportunity because you're never sure how many more opportunities you'll get, and the other part is knowing what it means to the young fans, the ones who who had to weather the two and fourteen and the three and thirteen the ones under twenty five Who've never had a chance to experience something like this. This is their 1999. This is their 2002 or 2003, and it's fun to see them get to have that because they have this passion for the Titans, and yet they haven't had as much to hold on to uh, because you know the nine and sevens don't get you nearly as fired up as winning big playoff games. You know, what we do is is determined by the success of the football team. If the football team's doing well, everything goes well, you know. And if the football team is not going well, everything is really hard. You can have lots of brilliant ideas for anything you want to do, but if you're, if you're working for a 3-13 and 13 football team, they just aren't as brilliant uh, because people aren't as willing to be as engaged. In the moments that you win, if you've done a good job, then what you can do is you can take advantage of all that hard work in that moment. So, um, you know, marketing and all the things we do, um, it, it really does come down to wins and losses. And when you have moments like this, everybody really is interested in all of these stories. You can feel it. So, 1, well, sure 000%. you can. Sure you can. And, and And you get it not just from the hardcore fans – But for the ones who are kind of in the middle, who sort of like sports and they're okay with it, and then you get it from the people who just kind of like it a little, they start to get into it. And as you expand that base in that way, it gives you a chance to grow your overall fan base, not just for this year, but for the future. It's a a big thing for the entire franchise.
0: And the voice for all of it is Mike Keith on the broadcast this Sunday, 104.5 The Zone here locally, Titans flagship. Station, the official Titans podcast, the OTP with Mike Keith, Amy Wells, and a cast of characters here at St. Thomas Sports Park. My brother, it has been a pleasure uh, to interview you. I, it's it's been too long uh, in the making, Mike. I should have done it a lot sooner, but to be able to do it in a spot like this, I think uh, I think people really appreciate hearing from you, and I appreciate the time. Thanks, Bob. Here with Jonu Smith, Titans tight end at St. Thomas Sports Park. Big Dog, I appreciate you giving me some time. How you living right now? I'm living
2: great, man. I'm living great. Uh, not, not one complaint.
0: It'd be tough to have one right now. Yeah, you man. guys are playing some exceptional football. You're yeah. in the AFC
2: Championship absolutely, game. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a major blessing, man. It's a major blessing. I'm just looking forward and excited to this Sunday, man, and uh, going out there and uh, you know just, just battling with my guys, man. Are you able to
0: appreciate these kind of things in the moment? I know there will be a time for retrospect after
2: the season is done, but I mean the gravity of this. This is this is pretty huge. What you guys are doing, right? Yeah, now. it is, man. It is a big, it's a big deal. But um, you know, we're just gonna keep attacking everything as we as we always been you know, taking it. You know, one game at a time. You know, staying humble, staying who we are. You know what I mean? But also having that um, that confidence that we have, man. Um, you know, we're, we're a confident team and I believe that, um, that's a huge part of why we, why we, why we are where we are.
0: It's a, it's a long way from two and four back in October when you guys kind of turned the corner against absolutely. the Chiefs, ironically enough. Yeah. And now you find yourself, it's the Chiefs who you're going to have to get through to be able to make it to the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, I told people, you know, I've been telling people this lately and, um, you know, it doesn't matter what, what happened when we beat the Chiefs, um, what was that in october it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what happened um what matters is you know what's 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 in front of us the team that we gotta that we gotta play now and uh you know they've they, they, they i'm sure they got some confidence going on on their end you know they're rolling high i think you know on the on, the, on, a, on a, um, a seven game winning streak right now so um you know i'm sure they, those guys are a very confident team right now a very confident group But so are we so um you know i'm just ready to go out there and play with my brothers man and um you know, literally everything all along
0: How many people have you heard from uh, after your touchdown catch against Baltimore? I mean, that was some, yeah. that was some crazy.
2: <laughs> I mean, that was wild, John. Yeah, yeah. No, man, a lot of people, a lot of love and support. um and family, friends, fans, man, and, uh, you know, especially my teammates. And, you know, this whole time's organization, man. But, um, um, you know, I'm just just happy to, you know, be able to make a play and, uh, you know, hope this team get a win. That's what it came down to for me. Um, but uh, just being able, man, to uh, you know, get that love and support was cool. What
0: lessons at 2-4 and four, as an offense, what lessons were you able to take from those times that are now helping you get through, I mean, one of the tougher postseason runs that any team
2: is having to take? Um, just, 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 just just, remain who we are. Don't change anything about our identity. Um, do the things... Um, continue to do the things that's been working for us. Um, you know, don't try to be anything different, or do anything different. Just continue to be who we are, man, and uh, we, we, we're gonna be good. You're obviously the
0: lead dog at your position. With Delaney uh, having to having some setbacks with his uh, with his health uh, situation over over the course of the season. What what advice has he offered you from the background? Has he been involved? With you guys and trying to you know make sure that he can offer some some points of, of coaching or
2: advice. Uh, how how much of a role has that played? Well, oh, yeah, heavily, man. His his presence and, and support is always been here. Um, you know, since I, since I walked through this building, and that's what I've gotten every day from that guy um, since since I've been here, man. And, and I'm sure the other guys and the room can say the same. You know, just having a guy like that, man, is is very um, yep. fortunate. You know. You know, for our room and you know, for this organization. Um, you know, he's a, it's been a major blessing to me, man. And uh, you know, he's helping me throughout my career, helping me grow um, as a better player each and every day. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just like I said, it's a blessing to have a guy like that in the room. You know, who's had that much success, and, you know, that much experience. Um, just to just to be in to, to learn a lot from him.
0: Continued health and success, brother. And good luck on Sunday. Much love, man. Thank you. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast, A to Z Sports, A to ZSportsNashville.com. A fantastic day of guests. Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, legendary broadcaster. John U. Smith, Titans di- tight end who has been out here balling in these here playoffs. And one man who I am shocked has not blocked me on Twitter by now because I have been harassing him to come on this podcast <laughs> for the better part of the year. It is Kevin Clark. Of The Ringer, The Ringer NFL Podcast, at by Kevin Clark on Twitter, a person whose work I greatly respect. My brother, I appreciate you doing this.
3: What's going on, man? How you doing?
0: I am doing okay. I appreciate you taking some time. You fired up for this game? I mean, how could you not be? This is uh, this is batshit crazy. It's
3: unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
0: <laughs> of course. I. Uh, uh, so Tennessee Titans, AFC Championship game, what the hell?
3: Yeah, what the hell? I mean, I you, you're, you're the boots on the ground here, so I was, that, that's the only reason I'm on this show, is to figure out what the hell is going on. No, um, I think that it's an amazing team-building performance by John Robinson, by Mike Vrabel. Um, they built through power in an era where that wasn't supposed to be happening. I think there's just a lot of things they did really, really well, and I think that they are exploiting some of the loopholes in football. Having said that, the Baltimore Ravens played bully ball and tried to beat people up. Uh, as much as anybody this year, and the Titans outbullied them. So it's not just the the mindset and the fact they're doing something different. It's the fact they're just a really good team, and they got guys like AJ Brown, and they got guys like Ryan Tannehill playing, you know, in the regular season at least out of their mind. And they've got a, a running back who's playing better than really anybody I can remember in the last decade. Uh, maybe save for in this eight-game stretch, only I, I think Adrian Peterson is the better in an eight-game stretch. So um, this is a good team, and I think that. I think that there's no way you can't come out of these playoffs believing that the Titans are a much better team than we thought because this is this is not a fluke.
0: I uh I they don't get here without Ryan Tannehill. Uh, that much right. we know to be so. And you wrote for the Ringer about the new guard of quarterback in these yep. NFL playoffs. Ryan Tannehill though isn't new guard. This man has been in the league now for eight years and has yep. had. Uh, a resurgence, unlike, I mean, I know Rich Gannon has been floated out there as kind of the mid-career uh, comeback to have one of the best seasons of their career, but what do you, is it as simple as a change uh, as a change of scenery? Is it as simple as using yeah. Ryan Tannehill as an ancillary piece to a running back that we have seen with very little precedent?
3: Yeah, so I think that there's a couple of things here. Number one, the biggest problem in Miami with Ryan Tannehill was health. And I think there's probably somewhere down the line on biggest problems with Brian Tannehill was Adam Gase and getting him out of there is, is, is a positive thing. Um, or before that, I mean, listen, this is the Dolphins team that had Joe Philbin at one point. I yes. mean, this was not a, a creatively offensive, uh, offensively creative team. And so I think that's part of it. I think that throwing out of heavy formations is a, is a real kind of cheat code in the NFL now. And the ability to have, to use big guys to have running backs in the field and, throw out of it, I think confuses defenses a little bit. I think that there, there's part of that. And I just think he's improved. Um, so I think that there's probably a, you know, a hundred things that, uh, that that have gone into Ryan Tannehill becoming the passer he is this year. But I think that the biggest thing is you said he's not new guard. He's an example of something. And obviously he's not, he was after the same year that Andrew Luck and RG three were, um, but, or, or Russell Wilson, but What he is, is he represents something that is part of the new guard, which is just making your quarterback into a great passer by by building a great infrastructure around him. I don't think that was necessarily possible 10, 15, 20 years ago, before the rule changes, before the different offensive schemes. I think one of the things, whether that's Jared Goff with Sean McVay or Jimmy Garoppolo with Kyle Shanahan, I think there's, there's a wave of quarterbacks who they're using the schemes to make them a great quarterback. Are Garoppolo and, Mc- and Goff elite quarterbacks? No, but they can be because of the infrastructure around them, the offensive philosophy around them, the, the, the schemes, all that stuff. And so the Titans, listen, I need to see more before starting to talk about uh, Arthur Smith and Mike Vrabel and the, the, the type of coaching staff that are on the McVay and, and Shanahan level. But from what I've seen right now, this is a good coaching staff who puts
0: your, their quarterback in position to succeed. Which is crazy because at two and four, I mean, certainly the fan base was calling for both of their heads, uh, yeah. Arthur Smith being a first-year coordinator trying to figure it out. And I think if you can say anything about the change from Mike Malarkey to Mike Vrabel, it's that Mike Malarkey may have understood the limitations of Marcus Mariota better than any of us in what he was able to get out of him in that one year that they did have success with them mm-hmm. uh, as an offense and with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry in his rookie year. But now we see what they are doing where they have a quarterback who has yet not even 100 yards, not 90 yards in two NFL playoff victories, one in the Viper's Nest, as Mike Vrabel called it, in New England, and now against the Baltimore Ravens. Tannehill is being asked to do so precious little. But when they ask him to do something, he completes a 45-yard bomb to Khalif Raymond, which nobody outside of Nashville, and even most people in Nashville, they don't know who the hell Khalif Raymond is, and yet they trust these guys. Uh, in, in, I mean, I hate to make the Patriots comparison, but it does feel very Patriots-esque.
3: Yeah, I mean, just the ability to come up with a different plan from the regular season or game to game, I mean, that that's what's interesting to me. I mean, first of all... I think on both sides of the ball, you made that comparison because obviously they had a nice game plan to stop Lamar Jackson. Dean Pease did a really, really good job with that. Um, I think, you know, listen, Lamar Jackson wasn't really stopped. He had the second most total yards in in, offensive, in, uh, in,
0: in playoff football so history. So much fun but, to watch. I've never seen yeah. him live and in person before. My God. He's
3: unbelievable. The way he makes guys miss, even in the fourth quarter of that game when it was over, he was just doing things that you just, nobody sees on the football field. But I think that, that when generally when you're looking at what this team has done, the ability to change and to win with Ryan Tannehill throwing for what, 79 yards or whatever and then 90 yards. I mean that is it's patriot esque in the sense that they got here because Ryan Tannehill was throwing really really well and now they've decided that they can win without that. I think that sort of adaptability, which is clear, um, is is a, a slightly Belichickian.
0: And it's the product of having to learn how to run into eight- and nine-man boxes earlier in the year when their their passing game was not a threat. And now, at the most important time, and also having, you know, Optimus Prime at running back doesn't hurt your cause, uh, they are (laughs) able to figure out how to block up these defenses and and not be stopped in a way that most coordinators would have to figure out on the fly. It's uh, it's really, uh, to play engage eight against the Tennessee Titans, ironically enough, plays directly into their strengths.
3: Yeah, I mean, that that's thats the interesting thing. And that was always – that's the thing about all sort of run-heavy teams, right, is you just need a guy who can make them pay. Because the one thing I don't think we put enough emphasis on is that the deep ball – and even I remember a coach saying – this, I don't even know how true it is – but the ability to throw the fade, right, like stuff like that, just little things that we don't think about, stretches the cornerbacks and safeties and gets them thinking – and so the ability to have a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who, like you said, hit a 45-yarder to a guy, I certainly uh, wasn't on my radar. Uh, that kind of thing scares defenses and gets them thinking because I think defenses have gotten used to playing eight-man boxes against not only the Titans, but teams like the Ravens. I mean, there are more power teams than there have been the last four five, six years. And you have to have the ability, like Lamar Jackson does, to make them pay if they get too comfortable defending the run. And I think that is that is the importance of Ryan Tannehill this year.
0: If they are to make it to the Super Bowl, they will have to beat the team that they have already beaten once this season, and ironically Mm -hmm. enough, to stay alive in the AFC when they were floundering. They got Mahomes on a bad leg, still came in here to Nissan Stadium and threw for the most passing passing yards in the history of that stadium uh, on a bad leg, which was a, a sight to see in itself. But now the Chiefs are coming off a game in which the stadium ran out of damn fireworks, because they were scoring so many touchdowns. I don't know if they can do it, Kevin, but if they are to do it, what would the recipe have to be uh, from your perspective? Oh boy. So it would be very similar to, I mean, listen, let's not act
3: like this team is invincible. As you said, they have, they not only were they down 24 points to the Texans last week, but they lost to the Texans earlier in the season. So there's a reason that they were, not 15-1 and one or, or what they were last year offensively. Patrick Mom's only had 26 touchdowns in comparison to 50, which, by the way, is a very misleading stat. He had played two games less this year. He was hobbled. There's a couple of statistics that basically show that he's essentially the same passer, but they're not the juggernaut they were last year on offense. What has happened is they've gotten better at defense, and we've seen over the past, you know, what, six weeks how good they can be uh, against... Bad quarterbacks and we'll find out whether or not Ryan Taylor can be a good quarterback in the, in this situation. I, I think he is quite a, quite a good quarterback. The recipe for them has to be kind of what the Texans did, which is get some luck and get some, okay, fumble the punt. All of a sudden you're or, or get a block special teams touchdown, that kind of thing. And then don't make mistakes. The Texans' problem was they got all this luck, and they made so many stupid mistakes and coaching decisions. Shout out I think to Bill Brable,
0: O'Brien. Oof. Yeah,
3: I think Mike Vrabel is a better coach than Bill O'Brien, and I, I think that if they got that kind of luck, that would help them quite a bit, and then they wouldn't make those same mistakes. I think that, that you learn quickly how 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 quickly the Chiefs offense can overcome anything, including a twenty four point deficit. So I think it's a mixture of luck, Derrick Henry keeping Mahomes off the field, that's an important thing. And then just using a little couple tiny advantages. Um, I think that I, I think this has to be a Derrick Henry game if yeah, and I'm talking like, you know, two hundred and twenty yards, something like that. And I actually think you're gonna need a little more from Ryan Tannehill as well. This is gonna be a shootout. I'm thinking something like 30-20, 35-25 to, 20, 30, 35, 25 to the, the, the Chiefs would be my guess. But I, I could see the Titans uh, playing a nice little tight game.
0: He is Kevin Clark of The Ringer, kind enough to give us some of his time in the midst of what is a, a fun time here in Nashville, but certainly a busy time for them over there at The Ringer. You can read him at theringer.com. Of course, the Ringer NFL show with uh, Kevin and Robert Mays twice a week. Uh, For the rest of the season, I assume. Do you guys do twice a week during the off season as well?
3: Uh, Not. It depends. (laughs) But you know, draft week, combine week, that sort of thing. But pretty typically in the off season, we go to once.
0: Regardless, the coverage is there for you to consume. You would be uh, unwise to not consume uh, all of the fine NFL coverage that they are pumping out there at the Ringer. My brother, I greatly appreciate the time, uh, and we will uh, we will see what happens come Sunday in Kansas City. Thanks so much for having me, Buck. All right, that is going to do it for us today on the 615 Sessions podcast. When next we talk on Tuesday, it will be potentially before Super Bowl. I can't wait to find out what happens in Kansas City. Shouts to Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, to Johnu Smith, Titans tight end, and to Kevin Clark of the Ringer, all for giving us some time this afternoon. Shouts to TennesseeTickets.com, AFC30, is how you save $30 on your AFC championship game tickets. No hidden fees. TennesseeTickets.com presenting all of our championship week coverage here on the pod. Shouts to you guys who rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, all of these places where you can find the 615 Sessions podcast. Leave us a question In the iTunes Review, as long as it comes with five stars, I will answer it here for you on the 615 Sessions at the end of every show. Just leave it in the iTunes Review on Apple Podcast. I'm going to get out of here. I've got a flight to Kansas City on Saturday morning. I hope that my travel will not be delayed because I know a bunch of people who flew out on Wednesday and Thursday, they got bogged down. We will find out how my trip to Kansas City goes. We will find out what happens in this game on Sunday, I look forward to talking about whatever happens with you guys on Tuesday when we come back on the 615 sessions presented as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports